Hello and welcome back. We are here for part two with Reality Nico Quest. <laughs> reality Quest. Get uncomfortable with Reality Quest. <laughs> We're still working on the tagline. Yeah, um, yeah I think you can submit your idea at www.realityquestpodcast.com. <laughs> we are taking submissions for the next uh, 48 hours, so hurry up and race on in there and give us what you got. Spelunk into the awkward minds of Jay and <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> the bizarre brains and conversation spaces in immersive reality. Oh, the universe. Well, I love it. More. Okay, so Anyways. this is part two. Yep. Not much to be said. Honestly, just go back and <laughs> listen to part yep. one. If you somehow managed to stumble into the beginning of this episode by accident and yeah. you don't know what we're talking about please just click click the back button click, once yeah. <laughs> yeah on your on your podcast <laughs> player uh yeah we're not gonna redo all those lengthy intros we did nope, just nope, go nope. to part one and enjoy part two going off of the theme of kind of bringing stuff to the masses and like creating this whole industry from scratch. What are the types of experiences that you guys really like and want to see? Like some of some of your kind of dream ideas of what can be done with VR and what can be done with this kind of empathy that we're talking about. Yeah, balancing. like things you would want to see more experimentation and, and exploring. Right. Oh, and if you can work it in, Mike, <laughs> I had a pin that I never got to get back to and Uh-oh. I wanted to hear so much about it, which was how you like books, like the empathy in books. You think that's stronger oh, than right, anything? Right, so right, see right. if yes. you can like fold that into the waffle of your... <laughs> Uh, your stack of waffles yeah i have a very good way to do that oh yes oh i'm so happy okay i think um i think probably that that so one of the one of the things um that is a big part of multiple vr experiences out there um the like there's there there are quite a few like social vr spaces um like alt space and like um vr chat and Mm. Um, and this is actually part of Horizon, the project that I'm working on. There's um, user-generated content mm-hmm. is a huge aspect of of a lot of the kind of idealized goals. I think for the in general, there have been a lot of people who have just always I, like that is the that's the holy grail, yeah, like the thing yeah. that you're really searching for. Rec Room would be another good example. Rec Room's another too. good example of it. Can you um, just like real quick expand on what user-generated content means? Right. So giving basically giving people who are playing the game the ability to build in the game or to yeah. or game is again not like, an appropriate word. Like making it a tool, right? Yes. yes. Like they can build new experiences yeah. for yeah. people. Tools within the experience that let you do that let you make something directly within the world. And I think the reason that the reason that books always have felt to me like in some ways they're more of an immersive experience or more mm-hmm. of a um, emo- emotion driving experience is because the world that you're building in your imagination is your own and you have there's some degree of um, maybe not ownership per se but there's a, there's a certain you're getting to express in that and in a lot of ways it becomes exactly what you want it to be mm-hmm. and so that idea of giving people the ability to build something and create something that is very directly a product of their own imagination Mm-hmm. Is just this massively huge ideal thing. I think that if we can ever get it right, and there's this, you know, there's a lot of challenge, massive number of challenges with it. It's one of the reasons it's never been maybe come to the level of fruition. It should be is that it's just by far one of the more com- most complicated things you can do because it has all kinds of 
really nasty scenarios <laughs> and really difficult things to deal with. Um, but I think ultimately that that has a huge uh, potential for making people really want to spend time in VR because you can build things and share them with people, and mm-hmm. you can you can create an interactive experience where not only are you both playing a game together or playing an experience together, you're actually sharing your direct imagination. Yeah. And I think it's like, like D and D and tabletop has always been like that for people who actually make their own campaigns and things like that, that experience of building this experience and then letting your friends play it. That whole thing is a really dynamic experience that there aren't a lot of other examples of it. And it's really amazing. Yeah. It's like you inviting people to a, a public sort of open forum for yeah. creating art. Yep, exactly. Um, yep. With with resources that are just freely available there. Yep, oh, like there you've you been go. doing in real exactly. life. Like Blue Cone Studios, <laughs> Tuesday nights, six to nine. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that. So I think that that's a huge thing. Interestingly, that's that's kind of a complicated thing as an artist because so yeah. my, most of my background is in the art side. Well, in some ways, that's actually the least. Um, from as a artist who is developing things, that's like the least exciting part because mm-hmm. in a lot of ways you're not you're not doing it. You're let you're basically giving tools right, to pe- other yeah. people to do yeah. it. Yeah. So that's always a really complicated thing because I I also want to make narrative experiences. I like the idea of just you know basically if there were more people out there who would share their skills and work with and volunteer their time and do things, I feel like we could create a ton of other really amazing experiences out there. Um, And there's a number of ways that you can get those things into being in VR that are pretty easy these days. And so, Mm -hmm. so I think, I think those like narrative experiences that really show unique voices, different perspectives, broaden the scope of understanding. Um, That's what builds empathy to me. Like if I can go through an experience that I would never have coming from my particular place in life and see a completely different view of the world. Mm-hmm. That to me is what really builds. That's what builds empathy and drives that ability to, for people to connect with other people is they, and VR has, is very uniquely positioned to do that because mm-hmm. you really feel like you're having the experience. And so you can do things that with that experience, it's like you said, I think Miko was saying at the beginning, like it's a, VR is so impactful on your emotions that it's a really tricky space and we have to be really careful because we can do really damaging things. Yeah. We can also do insanely good things and yeah. really amazing. When handled correctly. Yeah, exactly. You know, if we do it right, things. it can be an incredibly powerful tool for positive right. um, emotional experiences. But it is such a tricky it, – it's a very tricky thing to balance and figure out. Yeah, it's like it's more more sensitive. But I think because people have this attitude of like, oh, suddenly we have an empathy builder now when it has existed in, in books, for example, like we were yeah. talking about. Well, books have such a range of like detail and, and topics and mm-hmm. there's a lot of care and years of work that's taken to like tell a story from somebody's perspective um, and like I was just reading um, uh, Pachinko. Uh, no, sorry, this not Pachinko. It was a I do love Pachinko. Great book. I'm going to plug that. <laughs> Everyone should read it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a different book about. Um, it was called like the the Sea of Women Divers, all or the Island of Women Divers, or oh, something yeah. like Jeju. that. Jeju. Is, yeah, is Jeju. It's about Jeju Island. You told me about this already. Yeah. Yeah, and um, yeah. I, I'm gonna. I think I got that wrong, but I'll fix it. You know, <laughs> fix it <most>. um, <laughs> Anyways, but it's like it. it there was such a difficult scene about a massacre that happened in Korea um, that I was bawling my eyes out. Like I've never had that reaction to a mm-hmm. book. I mean, mm-hmm. I I was. It was. It was 
awful and and I mean that in a in a good I don't know how to say this it's like awful but like I, not in a rejection way like impactful. it was just it was so impactful it was, it was so very strong visceral and intense yeah, like yeah but like it that was really late in the book if I didn't have like that whole buildup of really understanding the characters like I felt like I was with those characters I felt like it was happening like I was so invested in this whole family and everything that that mm-hmm. was happening to yeah and it's like you know it should be the care should be taken the same way in yeah. in VR experiences which is like mm-hmm. you can't just i mean you can if you want to just like throw someone in but if you think about with a book that's like really stuck with you it it really slowly builds and and takes time to get you into that position yeah yeah well, i feel like that that translates through so many things i mean if you're building investment in the experience and the medium the setting whatever it is over time for the that person and if you don't gradually do that and sort of um engage them into that environment um at the right pace you're just kind of throwing somebody into mm-hmm. a serious situation and then yeah. it's too easy to to just kind of pull out dismiss it um throw it away and and move on i think that's the the really hard part about that though is you know it's it's one thing to sit I mean, it's it's still, you know, still you have to eat and do other things. So you have to maintain your life. But yeah. it's one thing to sit and write a book for a year, two years. It's another thing to get a team of people that are all going to work together that's and do this point. incredibly yeah. complex thing. Yeah. And so I think that's that's what almost everyone runs into. And it's definitely been the case. And I've mostly worked for smaller studios. And it's always been the case that there's the dreams are huge. Like what you want to do is huge. Yeah, and you get all these like it. you're aware of all of the problems with trying to throw somebody straight into a thing. But then you're like, yep, let me book out the time it's going to take to build the narrative experience right. to get them to the point yeah. where they feel good about this thing. Right. Oh, crap. Or like, yeah. <laughs> We're out of money and yeah. everybody's yeah. got to go home. Yeah. And, yeah. Or or like, as a job. Or yeah. like what you were talking about earlier with the, um, you know, alternative narrative or um, like the choose your own adventure, like all mm-hmm. those different. Yeah. It's like, well, it's that's like a whole that other. other yeah. Yep. <laughs> I'd love to have yep. that. Uh, the option where you see where you do all the good yep. things. Like, yep. do you have all this money time and team? So I think yeah. like coming up with, I mean, that's, you know, from a design perspective, figuring out ways that you can convey things with, and you went through this experience when you were building the thing. You, you, your experience was that it's, you. how do I solve this problem? How do I communicate the things I need to with a very limited budget, very limited time, very limited number of things I can do? So you figure out what you can cut and what you can, what you can do. And I think the more people, but that being said, the more people that were doing these things you know, it's one. It is hard. You go to work all day, and you work on this stuff all day. You don't necessarily want to go home and volunteer to do it for something else. But yeah, but we have like in general, most of us that are in the industries have a lot of have a lot of privilege, have time, have money, have the ability to do some things. Like mm-hmm. we should be putting ourselves out there and trying to help other people do those things because the voices that need to get out usually aren't really ours. There's plenty of voices about a lot of those narratives, but getting more people to go out and do those things. Um, that being said, there's there are now I feel like it has gotten a lot better, particularly in the indie scene. Mm-hmm. I feel like there are a lot of great voices out there. They just need more people to help put things together and do things. So. Yeah. yeah. Nico? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, this is actually one of the things I wanted to talk about, but I also wanted to add on to what you were saying about user-generated content. Mm-hmm. I think that um, 
still, uh, there's not a lot of things out in VR. There are, but not compared to like how many books have ever been written (laughs) or how many YouTube videos there are. And so the, the cool thing about user generated content is like that really getting rolling will also mean there's just a ton more content. Exactly. And that's why I think that's a really fruitful space Mm -hmm. for sure. Um, and you're right about that and it'll come from totally different types of people. Yeah, exactly. If you make the tools good enough, then anybody, regardless of their skill set can come in and create something from their perspective and they don't have to hire a team. Yeah, totally. Um, I think that I'm really happy you asked this because I'm going to call this a tale of two sister-in-laws. Nice. Uh, Okay. Are there waffles in this tale? No, not in this one. Yeah, we'll just throw that in because we already have the waffle assets in this podcast. Nice. Um, So, uh, yeah, so I think about mainstream and VR a lot. Because I think we're already tech savvy, like us yeah. in the room and probably a lot of people listening to the podcast are already kind of bought into the idea. Um, as another side tangent, I did some research when Oculus first came out. We were talking to some Oculus developers mm. and um, one of them said that like when he wears the headset, his wife will be like, you look so stupid. And like, that's pretty much her take on Oof. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is a huge barrier. Yeah. yeah. And it's still a barrier. Like, I think it's gone a little better, but Oof. I mean, we're not, it's not as mainstream as we want it to be. No, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think probably the most mainstream XR thing is Snapchat filters. Yep. I don't think camera filters. Yeah. (laughs) And that was a thing where I remember that was out for years, but the art wasn't as good. It was just like, there's a random app you can download and Mm -hmm. you can be a panda. And it's like, that's cool. (laughs) But like, it's like kind of a creepy looking, um, kind of like a creepy looking panda. But then like Snapchat, I think did something pretty cool by like making that a thing where now we don't even think twice about that. It's like, of course I can give myself cartoon bunny ears or Mm -hmm. like a weird beard or something. Not understanding the crazy complexity of ever getting to that point like yeah the, yeah like all of what went into developing exactly and pokemon that. go is a good example yep. too right uh yeah so so when i were i worked on hololens i worked on it before it was announced and so there were like two years where nobody knew what we were working on mm-hmm. and i had to like lie to my husband about it oh <laughs> or just like i'd not tell him i came yeah. up in this now i'm on another tangent but i used to come up with these elaborate analogies yep. you know because because you want to talk it's about like, like a <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's so like it, a waffle it's like a waffle, waffle. It's like yeah, a waffle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there we go it would it's be like, like <laughs> i i would be like okay i have to tell him about my work stress but he doesn't know what i work on so Oof. i'd be like well imagine i was building a dictionary <laughs> <laughs> and I said, this is the definition. And they said, well, can we have seven definitions? And he'd be like, oh, honey, I know this one's really hard. Yeah, you know, yeah. like he just went along with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's like, I, I mean, really, it was like two years that he didn't even know it was even that sp- in that so space. So crazy. Yeah. Um, anyway, so uh, when Holland's came out, right, and we were visiting um, his family for Christmas, and I was telling what I'm, you know, trying to describe. So to my one sister-in-law, I was like, you know, it's like imagine like I'm you're looking at this table and like we could put digital content just on that table. Like you can mm-hmm. just see it there. And she's like, oh, yeah, cool. And I was like, you accepted that really quickly. And she's, you know, she was just like, well, I have a phone. It can do all sorts of crazy stuff. So, yeah, I yep. get it. Yep. Uh, and it was just like that. She just understood huh. it. Um, 
But my other sister I was going to say, I was like, uh, <laughs> there's two, there's two there's more. <laughs> okay. Yeah. The third, this is going to be great if they ever listened to it. The third sister-in-law was just like, I still want to play games. Can we borrow a Wii or something? I'm like, yes. That, yeah, <laughs> we get, fine, we fine. never had this conversation with her. But um, this, the second one was just like, oh, it's creepy. And I was like, okay. Oh. I'm like, she's okay. not. She's not seeing this. She's imagining it. And she's imagining that it's creepy. Yeah. Okay. Like that was her first reaction. She's like, oh, oh I don't know. That's creepy. You were just describing this happening. Yeah. And I was like, okay, tell me more. And I was Mm -hmm. thinking, you know, she's a mom. Um, She's like, you know, she watches TV, reads Mm -hmm. books, takes care of her kids, does crafts for them. Yeah. And I was thinking about it. And like, it just really made me think, you know, if if we're not at a point where a person like her understands the appeal then we're probably not mainstream right Mm -hmm. like if we're not at a point where someone's like the way that they understand going to a movie or they understand like um you know even just like i don't know watching youtube then it's not big enough to bring in all the stuff that we want to bring in yeah um and we didn't, we didn't ever actually talk about this, but my PhD was in dance games. And it, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Two and a half hours. In uh, yeah. We're not going to get into it now, uh, but, man. but I do want to talk about dance games. The reason why I wanted, <laughs> the reason why I wanted to study dance games was because at the time when I looked at the other things that were being studied in, in game research, there was a lot of kind of military research. So mm-hmm. there was a lot okay. of like, um, shooting people with guns in VR and like mm. wizard attacks in VR <laughs> kind of stuff. And I was like, okay, what could I do that would be like unique enough that I could do a thesis on it? Yeah. And, and there's a lot of research to do. And I like dance games. And I like dancing. So I was like, okay, this could be really interesting. Um, but the other thing about it is this is like right when the Wii became successful mm-hmm. and, you know, People might tease the Nintendo Wii and like gamers are like, oh, but the specs and all that. But there's no <laughs> doubt that it brought a lot of people. Oh, very oh successful. gosh. Yeah. So it was successful. Very successful. That was a household yeah. name. Yeah. Uh, for the first, I feel like for the first time. And it also really brought in motion controllers. Yes. As like a mainstream thing. That yeah. You could, you could experience the video games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, they had the bowling game and the yeah. tennis game <laughs> and, and they had dancing and they had lots of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and and just dance. I mean, there's a lot of dance games I won't bore you with because <laughs> they're know very all interesting. Of them very well. I, at one point, I did know all of them, yeah, really well. Um, <laughs> but you know, Beat Saber is kind of the modern day equivalent, yep. right? Yep. And Dance Central's back. I'm dance glad Central. to say, or Dance yep. Dance Revolution. Yep. <laughs> yeah, no, Dance Central's back in VR. I'm really excited for them. They're on yeah, Quest. Dance Central's good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I'm excited for more dancing for sure. But Just Dance, mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about because that is like. A game that uh, a series that doesn't get talked about a lot in mm-hmm. gaming press, but it makes so much money. <laughs> I mean, it's on everything. You can use it. Yeah. You can hold your phone and do Just Dance with pretty much any console experience. Mm-hmm. Like, um, it's it's like I I don't remember a few years ago. I can't give you the exact numbers, but it was like if you looked at the top ten selling games on a console, like five of them would be Just Dance titles. It was oh, wow. crazy, mm. and they don't talk about that, right? Mm. Um, no one's really, you know, bringing this up. 
another game series that has a very similar trajectory is The Sims. Mm. You know, yes, people aren't really definitely. writing articles about like the how much money The Sims makes, yeah. but it has since the very beginning brought in a totally different group <laughs> of people. Yeah, and, and they, speaking of user generated content, mm-hmm. yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and loyal people. Like, mm-hmm. um, I just got I got right I I got into The Sims again recently. Uh, into Sims 4 mm-hmm. and um, there are so many like great creators YouTubers and streamers mm-hmm. that like this is their thing is they make houses in the Sims or they tell great stories in the Sims and it's another one that makes money and a lot of people play it and um, it doesn't get talked about that mm-hmm. much and so that's kind of my hope for VR and AR mm-hmm. and all this space I think Beat Saber is a great example, and it's the one that a lot of people yeah, almost know. anybody will jump into it and be like, "Oh, this is amazing!" Yeah, yep. yeah. but even even as much as I love Beat Saber, it is mm-hmm. like an intense electronic it is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> dance game with lightsabers. Yes. Like there is a type of person that this was made for. Oh yeah, um, you know. Yeah. And I just want to see. I think we need the the Sims or the just dance, like the yeah. thing that brings in my sister in law, right. that makes her say, "Yeah, we do need an Oculus Quest." Mm-hmm. That's so, what I want to see. So, to briefly dig into kind of some of the conclusions of your thesis on all of that, um, what was it or what is it about experiences like The Sims or like uh, games that were initially released for the Wii um, or these dance games that do so well? Um, like, what is it about them that does so well? And then why aren't they talked about as much in media, even if they're making so much more money? I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think they're just such a different audience. Like, I think I'm just, I don't have a proof of this, but my guess is that many of those people don't identify as a gamer right. and they're yeah. probably not reading game articles. They're probably exactly. just people who yeah. tend yeah. to buy these games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have their own communities. Okay. So, and maybe there's just like, there's no drama there really. Yeah. There's no like, <laughs> yeah. well, there's no like strong identity around a hardcore gamer type culture. <laughs> so that's why like you wouldn't call yourself a gamer unless you really, uh, enjoy those kinds of experiences. Yeah. And not specifically. I think, I think there's probably also just the problem of, um, people, the existing game industry development community mm. not embracing that as a concept. Like, I think largely there's, it's the, we have this historic things that are considered cool games and that, mm. that gamers want to make and that game publishers, most of the people that are running game studios are, have been developers or have been in that community. That's forever. the aspiration. They, is. well, they just, you know, they don't think of, that's not the cool game. In yeah, a lot of yeah. ways, I think there's just a problem with, um, it's like you said about the Wii. It's like it's amazingly successful. It did all these things, but gamer, it, your your usual gamer will just and that when you say gamer, you also are that is the same community that is building the games. Yeah. Um. And so I think it's just historically, it's like even if it's even if it's a super valid idea and it's going to hit the mainstream, it's like you've seen with a lot of like you know conflict and big issues that have come up in the game industry. Ultimately, gamers tend to be protective of their realm and they don't want things that bring they actually like a lot of gamers don't want things to come in that are mainstream yeah because they want the gamer mentality to be continued and i think it's the same thing for game developers like they've got this idea of what they think is a cool game industry and for them maybe they don't want those other games to come in and i Mm. think dance games probably fit in that category to some degree although i think that's gotten a lot better over the years i think now there's a lot more acceptance of of dance games and particularly things like Beat Saber, but you're right. It's still designed to make the dance game cool to the gamer community. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see what's going to happen next. Like the big, 
um, rise of dance game, there's DDR, and mm-hmm. we respect yep. the yep. arcade phase of dance <laughs> right. games for sure. Right. That there's person DDR, dancing like crazy off in the corner yeah. of the room. Yeah, yeah. My, yeah. Mike, my Mike still has a bunch of DDR DVDs in our nice. in our apartment, but we don't have the <laughs> no, mats yes. to go along. So we with have it. the mats uh, no, if they want to come over. Oh shit! I mean, <laughs> dance party. Sure, you can get them used these days too. Mm, yeah. <laughs> And then, like, I think the connect phase was another really yep. great time. And yep. w- what was so exciting about it to me and why I wanted to study it is because there was, like, an easy one-to-one relationship there. Uh-huh. Like, in other types of games, you'd have to teach a gesture that a Wiimote or a or the Kinect could understand. Mm-hmm. But in a dance game, it was like, do the thing you're seeing. Like, you have a body. We're looking at your skeleton. Right. Just Mimic do this. The body. Yep. Yeah. Everyone kind of understands what that is. It's just so accessible. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, like, just it's just fun, right? Yeah. And the Just Dance happens to be one of the, like, more flexible scored uh, dance games. <laughs> like, it's like, you you know, three-year-olds play it and probably get a pretty good score. But it's okay, right? Yeah. I mean, they're having, having a fun. good time. Yeah, that's what's yeah. important. Um, yeah. yeah, so I think maybe it's just, like, there is not much to talk about. Like, when Just Dance comes out again, it has new content as new songs. Mm-hmm. But yeah. they don't – they definitely do updates to the UI and everything. But yeah. there's not a lot to – to say like there's not format more so yeah yeah. do you think that there is an element of the competition that is involved in a lot of more of the hardcore sort of gamer uh stereotypical games and experiences that doesn't quite it's just not as prominent in games like ddr or um or like dance central or even even like wii sports games it's just it was more playful um it was easier for people to jump in and you you didn't get essentially shamed for not being good at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is on um, there's definitely a level where they're very competitive. But oh, yeah. I think there is an interesting aspect there because um it's it's about you and how you move and what mm-hmm. you look like, which can be kind of like uh intimidating or stressful. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. much in the way actually going out and going to a dance floor would be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Similar social. Like behavior. looking yeah. silly yeah. kind of is a, it's definitely a thing that concerns people. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean, I think that's a really good point too, uh, the competitive aspect. And like I think Sims isn't isn't based on competition right, really right. at all. No, well, it's like, but it has rewards. It's like self competition, right? Where yeah, you get rewarded for things that you're doing. It has there progression. Is a, yeah, progression. there's like a yeah, you work for things, and there is an you you earn rewards throughout the experience. Yeah. But it's not there's not that sort of like competitive element where you can potentially um, be excluded from the cool hey, group. Hey, isn't that an end. example of that term you were talking about earlier where we couldn't think of an example? Not in the recording. Earlier today, it was oh. the, what's that non-zero-sum game? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So it, it, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, going towards, right. it's, it's going towards <laughs> the ideal of a, like those kinds of game experiences right. are closer to a, uh, a, would it be a non-zero-sum game? Yeah, because yeah, a zero-sum game is yes. a win-lose, and a non-zero-sum is, like, nobody really loses. So in this yeah. case with, like, I don't know if that is the case with The there, Sims, there's but it's not something close to it, it yeah. right? Well, yeah, yeah. If, yeah. Someone, if someone does well in The Sims, it doesn't mean someone else can't do well. Yes, yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. 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 I think yeah. the Sims competitive angle would be mm-hmm. more like who's built the best house in yeah, the community. The most complex yeah. And, and I think that's uh, that kind of creative competition is really exciting to people. Uh-huh. And it's more about like, yeah, it's user-generated content again, mm-hmm. like you said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I actually just remembered a, a VR game I really like that's relevant, which is Vacation Simulator. Mm-hmm. Have you guys played that? <laughs> vacation? I no, actually I've, haven't, but I've heard so like amazing simulators. things. And every time I hear about it, I'm like, damn, I need to play yeah. that game. Well, <laughs> it's, I keep forgetting. It's the same people as Job Simulator. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, right. I oh, enjoy. I enjoyed that as well. But I think Vacation <laughs> Simulator to me was like a whole next level. Okay. I've heard there. Were, I've heard. I've had people say that there are really, really interesting things in there from a design perspective too. There are, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's very well designed. Um, I was, I first played it when I was at a very stressful time in my work life, and (laughs) I was like, I'm not taking this off. Like, I'm voluntarily (laughs) doing yoga on a beach with a like computer. (laughs) I'm on vacation right now, and you can't stop me. Um, And it's like, it's. I think it's. It could be that it's that kind of game. I don't. I mean, I think it's coming to Quest soon. I heard it was being ported to Quest. Yeah, they already have Job Simulator. Oh, yeah, yeah. Quest, so. I really hope it comes there because the thing is, like, I think that's the kind of thing that could have mainstream appeal. Mm. Like, the whole concept is that you are on vacation and yeah. you can do whatever yep. you want. <laughs> like, it's like you can make s'mores on a campfire yeah. in the forest or right. you can go swimming in the beach or go snorkeling or, like, basically scuba diving on the ocean. Honestly, that's the first kind of thing I look for. Like, yeah. I'm, because I, interestingly, I, I'm not actually that much of a gamer in a lot of ways either in the sense that I don't. Game mechanics have never been what motivated me in uh-huh. games. It was more exploration, like the kind of core basic things of exploration and seeing, like being immersed in an environment and yeah. being immersed in a story. Um, and so I've like the first thing I do is I go and I look for crazy weird nature simulations or like yep. um, yeah. AV, like a audio, um, what you call it? Uh, audio uh, sound uh, sound binaural? environment like the the soundscape visualizers visualizers audio visualizers and things like that because that that whole like just being in an immersive experience and just having a sensory sensory experience yeah mm-hmm. is that's a huge part of why I love VR and so. Huh. Where I don't, I don't want to have to like do something to have that simulation experience. I just want to have it. I want to be right. there and relax yeah. in it. And enjoy yeah, it. and I think it's it's a very I, I can't recommend this game enough. Like I think mm-hmm. if you have like a family member that's not into VR yet, I think uh-huh. this is a really good first one. Yeah, they definitely thought about comfort. Like it's like very teleport only mm-hmm. as uh-huh. a movement, mm-hmm. and then you know there's just like. It, and you have a little hotel suite where you can you have a little like fake Nintendo esque. Oh old wow! Play di- games in your game. Yeah, yeah, you get to play games in your game. Get super meta either. Um, there's like a bathtub where you could like just throw in a rubber <laughs> it's like ducky. A bath. Yes, and you know it just uh. feels like it. I think that gets close to like that kind of like mental therapy, like a therapy mm-hmm. kind of yeah. experience, yep. Yep. where like we don't allow ourselves to just kind of relax and enjoy yeah. things. Let and, go. Yeah. Remove um, the pressure and and wait from your regular everyday life and all that tension and competition in the real world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I almost think like if you could do almost the mashup of like a vacation simulator with user generated content or something, oh, yeah. or like people would just sandcastles, build that would be your yeah. yeah. crazy <laughs> relaxation environments. I mean, like I, yeah. I've been doing. Um, a number of friends of mine worked on uh, built VR chat, which historically has gotten this, it's gotten kind of a bad rap because there was a lot, it was a very challenging thing at the beginning, like all the abuse scenarios and things like that. But it, there's a crazy number of interesting experiences in there. And a ton of them are just like, like one of them is like this giant column tree thing with elevators on the sides (laughs) and it's beautiful. Like I have so many questions about VR chat. It's very fascinating, but I've built a lot of worlds in unity with it for it because it's very easy to just jump in there and build a world in unity and upload Mm -hmm. it. And I think in general that 
that ability has meant that there's just a ton of interesting content. The challenge is you have to have friends in there that you actually want to hang out with and not just randomly be in public spaces and listening to everyone. But they've got yeah. really good tools for now for managing it, whereas they didn't used to. And so it, yeah, it got a bad reputation, but ultimately there's a ton of really fascinating, like people have built really beautiful worlds in there and there's uh -huh. like places that are just very peaceful and relaxing and that kind of thing. And um, I'd love to see more content that's like that. I feel like there's this, you, you mentioned earlier the idea that it was like, the that that kind of ability to succeed at the game and have fun even like a three-year-old dancing or something like that yeah mm -hmm. like, why is that like i feel like a lot of people see that as a negative thing a lot of times or that it needs to be competitive and like somebody needs to be able to like, win. why does it have to be challenging like i can just yeah. go have fun they, totally. there was that half and half game i don't know if you've seen that it just came out recently half, so, yeah yes it's, so it's, it's just a social like experience that. it's a social experience and there is a little bit of game it's games is this a vr yeah. game or yeah, it's a or... vr game okay mm -hmm. oh cool so you play it and it's got a dance game in it actually and the dance game in it is just pose matching type stuff but it's uh -huh. just it's just so it's simple but it's just really enjoyable to play yeah and it's that type of thing where they didn't worry about making it about a competitive game they just were created experiences that feel good and I think I don't understand why there's not more of that. I don't understand yeah. why there's not more of an acceptance of I can just do something because it's enjoyable. I don't have to be like good at it. I don't have to skill build. I don't have to progress. <laughs> right. Yeah. I can yeah. just do something because it's enjoyable. I feel like, um, and you worked on Minecraft. Uh, no, no, Miko I had, did. Miko, Miko worked on Minecraft. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So Jay I feel was like having trouble because your names uh, are yeah. so similar. <laughs> yeah. So yes. we were we God. were gonna call you guys Miko. You can nice. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> happened a lot. Yeah. yeah. Especially yeah. at Starbucks. Oh, yeah. uh, I, I had the same problem in the Katie Kelly episode right. because we had Literally Kelly, Kelly, and think, Katie. People think her I'm name Katie is... Kelly and that I work for Alt Space, and I'm just like, yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> what do you need to know? <laughs> <laughs> but like, I've even accidentally called you. Katie on a number of Everyone occasions does, following yeah. that whole yeah. recording wow, just because it got that ingrained. Yeah, yeah, Mike does it. It's yeah. weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At weird times, and I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Awkward. Just kidding. Um, okay, so, so yeah, but, Miko worked on Minecraft. Yeah. So, Miko, you worked on Minecraft. I thought we were going to get through the whole episode <laughs> without, without talking about that. Yeah. Oh, we gosh. Go, go I ahead. mean, yeah. Th so that is one of my favorite examples of that kind of... Uh, potential for a game where you can basically just drop in there and do anything you want. You can explore, you can role play, you can make competitive environments, but you can also just build or literally do nothing but wander around mm -hmm. and explore. And the most fun about it is that you can do that by yourself or with a whole server full of other yeah, people. And I mean, friends. when I was just a fan of Minecraft before I ever knew I could work on it, <laughs> um, I remember being really impressed because I think mine, much like we we're talking about just making things mainstream, yeah. I think Minecraft taught people about servers. Yeah. I think yeah. before yeah. that, it was like no like random the wow parent. People knew it, but that was it. Yeah. Yes. yeah. It was like no random parent that wants to have their kid play a game is going to figure out how to set up a server on yeah. their own PC. And right. I, yeah. I feel like that was a really special thing that people now just like you're like Get yeah of course concept. we got yeah. our own minecraft server whatever yeah. it's Sorry, like, my what? kids play on a minecraft server all the time yeah they're like oh that's where their world lives yeah <laughs> no yeah i know it's very relevant to the user generated conversation yeah. too there's yeah. a, some really interesting also one of my favorite games <laughs> yeah uh there's some really great yeah. youtube videos about how there was sort of a rise of gaming youtube and uh -huh. minecraft at the same time uh, and yeah. how the two the having minecraft community content was really yeah, interwoven with like injection of twitch streamers and live streaming yeah. games kind of arising along in parallel at least the yeah. adoption of minecraft so mm -hmm. so is the conclusion there that 
like why why would that be connected? Because it because people like sharing. Oh, it just happened doing. to be historically that timing. as YouTube was really rising and like gaming videos on YouTube were rising was when Minecraft became popular. I see. Yeah. And okay. so it just happened to be that a lot of the first big influencers in gaming YouTube were Minecraft creators and and then Minecraft itself became such a household name worldwide right it's, it's like all just all very related you know yeah, yeah. it's interesting to go back and kind of see the history of how that all happened right yeah, mm-hmm. yeah well and I would imagine that there is some some sort of correlation between like if it's if it's approachable, like anyone can get in there and mess around yep. with some blocks. I mean, they use it mm-hmm. to teach in schools. Mm-hmm. And so if that's the case, well, and you're making, you're able to make it public on YouTube, well, it's just like um, conducive to making it uh, viral, right? Yeah. 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 And I, I think Minecraft's a good example of empowering constraints, which is a phrase mm-hmm. I really like, but a lot of oh, other right. people are like, oh, I, I like don't that. like that. No, yeah. I, lo- I, like- I like it. What <laughs> empowering constraints. I love <laughs> so that. Empower, like you can... I mean, like, you know, someone could give a child Maya and be like, you can build anything you exactly. want. This is yeah. so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Maya, and, Maya being a 3D Yeah, or like, And yeah. there's lots of yeah. 3D creating tools, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Blender, I, 3DS Max. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. When, and even games, you know, like uh, user gener- there's lots of user generated yeah. content games. Mm-hmm. But uh, Minecraft, because it uses like the voxel, like having cubes, it's mm-hmm. all about the cube, yep. right? <laughs> nice, um, simple foundation. Foundational rule. Yeah. yeah. Stacking blocks. Everything <laughs> takes up a cube of space. And like sometimes you have things like stairs that are slightly different shaped. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, then you can abstract things very quickly. Yeah. Uh, and you can do things like pixel art very quickly because mm-hmm. the pixels directly map map to cubes. Yeah. And so um, it allows you kind of it basically allows you to be successful faster. Mm-hmm. Right. So I can make something that kind of looks like a house much faster because like how Legos also Legos are a system that yeah. makes sense and they're like it's a you know they're all blocks yeah. and you can make that house look as good as anyone else can make that house in the same amount of time in the sense that you it's not about getting down to some kind of extra small detail level yeah it's not about you like just get good at building ultra realism yeah. at the end of the day yeah. okay I see it so the empowering constraints is like you are constrained by it just being like voxels like you can't you can't add in curvy lines like you yeah. can't mm-hmm. it's not a whole type of like a, an art toolbox you have basically essentially kind of like one thing that you can work with yeah like uh, the phrasing of empowering constraints I can't remember my husband taught it to me so now he'll be like why, <laughs> yeah. why no he would never say that but he, he'd be like <laughs> oh you used my thing that's cool that's what he's really gonna say <laughs> alright we'll right. just say pre- we'll credit him yeah <laughs> <laughs> he came Good up job, with man. it <laughs> awesome um, it's about like Let's say like um, you are going to make something for a new device and it only has like 100 megabytes of space mm-hmm. that you can use. That could be seen as an empowering constraint. Yeah. It's like on one hand you could say, oh no, it has it's such... It's a limitation. It's a limitation. It's, yeah. But another way to think about it is, well, if we only have this much space, what could we do with it? Yeah. <laughs> um, and even going back to like the game jam thing, yep. like I know on Itch.io they have, um, sometimes they have like game jams that are be, will be like, you can only make like 
like 64 by 64 pixels. That's your screen. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so that would be another example of like, what could you do if you only have that many pixels? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, well, so. yeah. Some of the most creative ideas. I mean, if you've ever, you know, read about or done research on, on creators or artists or whatever, it's like they, it often comes from restrictions and constraints yeah. that they had because I otherwise they would have, like yeah, mm -hmm. come up with the typical road that they were trying to go on and they had to get creative because of those constraints. It, it, it generally seems like and it focuses you on yeah. a specific thing and so yeah. you, you're much better of a problem solver when you have a very specific set of criteria right and you can go in yeah. and try to solve that problem yeah. i think all definitely the art that's a really common thing in all arts mm -hmm. fine arts included and everything if like just having a subject that's very specific will help you isolate what you're doing and focus on yeah. and do those right. things having a set of constraints about your palette how many colors you can use yep. yeah so, yeah so it's amazing how much it we actually want confines, even though the, every, if you ask everybody, they're like, I want to be able to do anything. I want as much space yeah, as possible, yeah. as but many choices. Then you sit down and you just stare at the camera. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no idea. Yeah. What is that? Uh, 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 decision paralysis, yeah. essentially. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what a lot of people oh, yeah. think with like, I'd just love to have, like, if I just had all of the yeah money in the I world options, and I didn't have means. a job and I could do anything I wanted, I'm like, be like, nope. I mean, like, you'd have no idea what to do. <laughs> yeah. You would just be like, ah. <laughs> You just yeah. have an aneurysm, it's and then. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so so like... don't do that because it's horrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's like if you were to craft a, a game experience that has no guidelines, mm -hmm. like there's no actual rules. Which maybe that's why we're all paralyzed about what to do in life. Right. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> there, there, there's a, a, a distinct lack of guidelines in a lot of situations, and then you're just like, oh god, what do I do? Right. But games. And experiences that are guided like that can be satisfying because there is a limit to your mm -hmm. options. And so you mm -hmm. have to make uh, not necessarily – they don't seem easier, but they are more uh, directional choices. Distinct, you have. Yeah. 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 Well, that makes me think of also like games are really interesting because you know that you can win essentially where like in life – you don't. And mm -hmm. so people are attracted to games or they feel like they, they keep trying and keep getting at something. You can see a goal of Right, some because you're like, well, the whole point is that they created this so that I can win. Like, no real game is going to be super successful if you fail every single time or yeah. it might have, like, you know, a hot second of fame or whatever it is, right? I'm sure they're out there kind of, but... But ultimately, they want to create, you know, you want to create stuff for people because they can accomplish like that. Yeah, get I think over that, that challenge. that's such a fast, like, I'm, I'm sure Miko knows a lot about this as a designer. <laughs> like, I don't, I generally, like, I like thinking about design, but I've never done it as a job. But I think that whole idea of, like, reward systems and, like, frequency of rewards. And, Gamification of and whole. And those, those yeah. aspects, like, I don't really, I don't react to those personally very much at all. Like, I never, I, I generally have never liked playing games that are all about me accomplishing something and then moving to a next stage and yeah. accomplishing like you a sort like of the completion. Yeah, like exactly. Yeah. So, uh, but so it's very, but it's fascinating. Like the idea that you need that. Like I always imagine like rats being tested with like sugar cubes and things yeah. like that. Like why do why why is that satisfying? I mean, to me, it's not. So it's there's, been always been hard uh, yeah, to get like around a, it. Well, there's. Um, yeah, I mean that's a big can oh, of worms. Yeah, no, it, it is. <laughs> I mean, there's like like a psychological kind of like background to that, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a it's actually like kind of based in like casino design. No, and, yeah, yeah. You know, they're in, they're really in, good. At it. Yeah, <laughs> and then it feels it kind of feels old hat now, but like kind of the big rise of like um, Zynga and like mm. free to play games yep. and all that. It What's means, Zynga? 
Zynga is a company that like first I think was big on Facebook. Yeah. Um, yeah. it was like I forgot Farm, Farmville. Farm, Farmville yes. was oh. a huge one. Farmville yeah. was like Farmville. big, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. There, and, yeah, there's like this regular um, but they did a ton of them. And uh, yeah. essentially, like any game that's free to play, and you have enough of a population, you can all you can run little experiments. Even mm-hmm. so, even if there's someone who designed in the first place and said, "I think you should get this many rewards at this time," mm-hmm. um, really, somebody's probably looking at a lot of numbers and seeing <laughs> that you play longer when every yeah. three minutes you get five cubes versus right. every yeah, two like, minutes. Exactly. Some A/B yeah. testing yeah. on different yes. groups. That's um, definitely rooted in real reactions and behaviors. Yeah. It's yeah. optimized like, yeah. for it's optimized for that yeah. level. Yeah. Um, where, what were we talking about? Well, <laughs> I, know, so, I just mentioned yeah. that I just am fascinated oh, yeah. by the concept. That, oh, that's, well, that's such a that's such a standard requirement to games. This idea yeah. that like and and for me it was never terribly appealing. So it's always been kind of confusing. Like I love the I, idea of having more experiences that are just about enjoying yourself. Or yeah. yeah. But I do get that. Like if if I read a book and there's no point of conflict that gets resolved, I don't enjoy that. So that's yeah. an interesting challenge. Like there's something in there that there needs to be some kind of conflict and resolution yeah. before it's a good experience maybe. Mm-hmm. I was going to say there's it definitely – there's still some sort of reward function that you resonate with in circumstances because mm-hmm. I feel like we're all fundamentally at least on some level operating that way. But a lot of – there's a lot of people I would relate to your sentiment in mm-hmm. that in games like Minecraft, I don't tend to go for – uh, like amassing resources or anything that is more of a like goal oriented. It's more like I just want to go and explore that area. Actually, over discovery there. is interesting though. Yeah, discovery like it's, being the first person to find an area. Yeah, that's something definitely cool. part of the exploration that is a sense of accomplishment. That and, is the reward, reward function. Yeah, at the end and so, creation and creating things and getting a sense for people appreciating things you've created is also a reward. Definitely, system. like recognition for that mm-hmm. for that work that you put into it, um, or maybe. Reaching a certain point where you're like, I built this thing and it is relatively satisfying to what I initially envisioned. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for those um, like sandbox games, yeah. for a lot of people, it's hard to start them because yeah. they yeah. want the goals and they want the objectives. Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. want, There's not enough structure at yeah. the beginning. And so if you're not a person that already gravitates towards that, then you, you kind of need a community that gives you those goals that yeah. are like... You know, you watch a video and you're like, oh, wow, they made this like spaceship in Minecraft. I want to make a spaceship. You kind of need yeah. that kind of thing. To, and even The Sims is like that, too. Yeah. Um, it's like user-generated like, guidance or yeah. structure rather than the yeah. game being a more open sandbox. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, going back to the the experience, like the vacation simulator. And mm-hmm. actually, I'm sorry to bring this back to your, your tale of two <laughs> sister-in-laws, but like it's been bugging <laughs> it's my brain. catchy name. Yeah, it? it is. It really is. Um. So in all of these experiences that we're we're talking about, I mean, I think that there are a lot of people that that will cling to that, like what you're saying, the user generated content or or dance games, like even my mom can um, play Beat Saber or Fruit Ninja. Um, that doesn't mean that she knows how to talk about it, look for it herself. Like I have to provide those things to her. Yeah. And I think in a lot of ways in life, that's what we need, somebody to expose us. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean we're necessarily going to go back to it. Yeah. Um, like in the case of your sister-in-law the the even i think um sorry in the case of, i didn't name them so maybe. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> in, the, in the case of sister-in-law two, one yeah. <laughs> well i was shocked that that w- that both of them were even able to visualize what you were saying because i've had with my family and these are smart 
women who are like nurse practitioners who deal with real actual problems and shit every day, mm-hmm. they just like glaze over it. And no matter how many times I've explained to them the difference between VR and AR, they don't understand. And they actually, I guarantee you, they do not know that the very um, face, uh, the what's it called? The thing we were just talking about, the like uh, faces. Uh, photo, fi- like uh, f- selfie oh, filters. Filters. Chat, selfie filters, filters. Yeah, yeah the yeah. Snapchat selfie. filters that or on, on, a, on a, you know, when you're on a phone call or yeah. whatever it is, not even in Snapchat. They use them all the time. They use them with their kids, all of this stuff. Um, I, I don't think they have any idea that that's augmented reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's like a vocabulary thing as well. Um, and with the vacation simulator, it's like, well, do you guys think that you would be interested in that if you didn't work in the industry? Like what actually makes you enjoy that? Because I feel like we do have people that listen because we have family and friends who yeah. like who aren't yeah. at all in the industry or maybe they're interested, but like – why should they be drawn in? What can you get out of yeah, it? Yeah, like why is it know? a worthwhile use of yeah, time? Yeah, because for... with like Vacation Simulator, well, I'd rather just go on a vacation myself or something. And you could argue like, okay, well, yeah, but you could do this any time. But it's like does it actually – these things that we're talking about, like what does it actually do for you that you you can't get in other places or that keeps you coming back? I mean that's – for me, I, I think that that – that sense of being transported to another place. I think that that inherently, if people are exposed to it and understand that it exists, understand that they can, and, and vacation simulator is an example of it. I think there's, there are a lot of different experiences that, mm. that fit into that category. Like just being able to take you outside of your current reality and your current moment into a very different experience and very different place. That's a huge thing. And I think most people having experienced that, at least at a degree, want to do it. I think there's a, there's a lot of limitations right now. Just buying a headset's expensive. Is still, even though it's gotten gone down a lot, it's still a bit. It's still expensive, and like the comfort of the devices is still a huge experience mm-hmm. issue. Comfort in the experience is a huge issue. Um, but it's gotten significantly better, and I think most people, if they felt at ease with that technological part of it and those those complications, yeah. would want to have that experience again because I think it is. Without doing anything, if you can be tele- basically transported to another environment and state of existence, um, that that's, feels like something that most people would want to experience if they didn't have those hurdles. What yeah. is it? What is it that's that it's adding to like your your general life, like fulfillment? Like, why is it a worthwhile use of your time? Why do you feel that way? I mean, I I think that that comes down to the specific experiences. So I don't uh, like. I think that there's a there's an underlying ability as a tool and as a technology for VR to to do that thing where it shifts your state of being or shifts your state of reality to mm-hmm. a very different thing. As far as what that experience is and why it's good, that's up to the content creators to start building things yeah. that actually do that. Um, I've had like the you know one of the first. So I one of the first things I did was I just played. I just played Skyrim in VR, right? I had played Skyrim a bunch and it was a fun game and I enjoyed it, but I kind of stopped playing it at some point because I was like, okay, I get it. And I've played through a lot of it. I just don't feel (laughs) motivated to finish games. That's not how my psyche works. Completion is not the goal. But it was pretty and I wanted to wander around and do things and I play it. And then when when I got VR and I was like, oh, wait, I can play Skyrim in VR? And I started playing and I was like, oh my God, this is like... This is like vastly better than the playing it on a 2D screen because mm. I actually get all of those experiential elements. And I don't even care if I accomplish anything in the game. Yeah. I just want to wander around and do things. And this gives me a reason to do it. Mm. Um, and then I, after that, I played. And so I played a lot of it. And then mm. I played Lone Echo, which is a game on Oculus, which is a full narrative experience. And that was very much like 
playing through a movie. Yeah. And it was a very different experience than I'd ever had. Like you feel like you are in a full long movie yeah. and it's, and, and that kind of thing, like if you can get people to the point where they can have those kinds of experiences, then that's, that can be very like, especially the better we get at making them. Those can be huge life-changing type experiences if you do the storytelling really well i think that you have to get people to the point where they feel comfortable doing that though and so i think Mm -hmm. smaller experiences that make you at least take you out of your current space and give you a new experience are huge but then you can do anything honestly that's it's just a tool for putting people in a different experience so yeah 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 i think um it has to solve a problem just like any other thing that you're going to buy mm-hmm. or, or spend time on. Yeah. So like for my my sister-in-law who has two young children now and, you know, she has like an iPad or something where she puts on baby Einstein <laughs> to entertain <laughs> them in the car. <laughs> yeah. Like maybe, you know, when iPads first came out, that would have seemed weird. Like mm-hmm. why do I need this thing? And I kind of remember before everybody had a cell phone (laughs) like i remember when i was (laughs) like the first person who had like texting on my cell phone Mm -hmm. and like internet on my cell phone and other people and other friends of mine would be like why do you have need texting like what's that why (laughs) totally and then like real fast that became like oh Oh, no everybody yeah and and you know and that's a thing we're like we we don't even think twice about that now in fact we have so many other ways to send messages to people other Mm -hmm. than texting but at the time when that became big I remember thinking it's kind of like telepathy suddenly became real. Like (laughs) my friend who lives in Florida, if I had a joke I wanted to remind him of right now within seconds, he knows (laughs) what I'm thinking. Right, right. And And you never said it out loud. (laughs) Yeah. And I never said it out loud and no matter how far away he was. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I think it's, it's got to solve a problem just like any other product. Mm -hmm. And so maybe for my sister-in-law, that means something that her kids will enjoy. And when she's like working around, the house like i know a lot of people are having their kids experience vr and like rec room i know is like lots of kids yep. play rec room yeah, the kids. Mm-hmm. um yeah. and and actually the last time i was in rec room um they have this like kind of cool museum someone built with like a world war ii kind of like bunker experience oh wow and i went in there and it's just a bunker experience and i could hear like five kids and they were just <laughs> role playing that they were little soldiers running around <laughs> and i was like this is sort of like the best uh, playground like yeah. they probably yeah. don't know each other in real life or maybe they do right, but like yeah. they're this is like as if they just went to the yep. local jungle gym together yeah. yep. um so i think that's really gonna be a big thing is just like what's the point where i'm like okay i see why this brings a lot of value to my life right and it's gonna take a long time to get there probably just yeah. like yeah. it did for phones and lots of other types of technology yeah yeah um, long term that presence aspect like that just being able to be in place in a place with somebody you know or even somebody you don't know and have that kind of interaction without the limitations of time and space like that's huge like i think that that'll be a long-term real Mm. problem solving benefit of i want to play a game with my brother but you know he's in alabama so i have to figure out some way to do that and it's such a different experience to play something with somebody when they're physically in that when they or not physically but virtually in that space with you yeah if we don't live near each other then this could be the next thing right (laughs) and it's it's almost there i feel like some people are already doing it (laughs) um and it's almost there uh that we're at the point where i could be like hey my friend who lives in china like 
I have a friend, um, Paola Paulino, mm-hmm. who you guys should meet. She's amazing. Um, but she's a VR educator in China. And uh, so she's been organizing like, I don't even know what's going on. Like I just get a tweet that's like, VR flash mob in rec room now. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> what? okay, I guess I'm supposed to be there. Um, so I haven't actually gone to do it yet. But I mean, she's been just organizing all this fun stuff for that's us awesome. to do together. And like, I think that's where it really starts, right? Is yeah. like for people already like... Yeah, and people who are in it. But I think back to what you're you're trying to say is like, if I wasn't into this, I think yeah. it just has to solve a need. Like, um, I I don't really like to exercise. I do like to dance. Oh you know? yeah, yeah. And so like, I have a friend who just bought <clears throat> like bought bought her quest, and most of what she does is getting she gets up every morning and plays Beat Saber for exercise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and loves it. I mean, yeah. that's a that's a thing that's yep. very real. And like yeah. even something like Skyrim, like I was really hoping those Omni treadmills would get to a nice <laughs> oh, uh, yes. place because yeah. when Good I saw that i was like i'm gonna play skyrim i've only gone like a couple hours in and i want to play it in vr and just walk oh yeah i want to run across (laughs) (laughs) a marathon um you know i was like that's the thing that'll get me to like jog yeah (laughs) yeah yeah um i was having visions when that was when when that kickstarter um took off of like basically the future arcade is just a bunch of people that are really in shape because they've been running marathons <laughs> yeah. across yeah, yeah. across like because this treadmill you guys are talking about like can go in many physical, directions like yeah. you can yeah. kind of do all the movement you need but treadmill. stay in a small yeah. space yeah. Yeah. your waist is strapped yeah. into like a yeah, yeah. railing thing oh and you can God. spin around yeah, and yeah I definitely run. want to do that yeah an omni treadmill means like omnidirectional yeah. and like from an academic standpoint like when we go to these like VR conferences and stuff when I was in school there are huge versions of this like oh, yeah. Yeah. Rooms that are like giant, oh, like four geez. treadmills rolling in every direction. Yeah. Wow! So yeah, there was the one on on Kickstarter that was pretty mm. popular. That one was and a little more reasonable for a yeah. House. <laughs> well, yeah, house, I mean, yeah. I think that was That's starting yeah. to get to the point where like you could reasonably own one. Yeah. yeah. Um. And and with the Quest, it's no wires, right? Yeah, exactly. So it's like mm-hmm. we're getting no so close yeah. right. uh, to that point. Although there's a big problem because. Those MMOs are huge, or or <laughs> RPGs are huge, and of course, when you're playing like when you're playing with the with, 2D game, oh, yeah. you run everywhere all the time. Yep, like you can't do that. Like yeah. there's no way you're gonna run across the whole thing. I yeah, it's like a crazy distance. Which yeah. takes you much longer to finish the game. Yeah. That's when they'll add like a new design mechanism, which is well, they'll just add in like a like a what are those sky trains, you know, or whatever it is, like in the airports, where it's like, all right, oh, I'm gonna yeah. stop off Take on a this. Trolley. Yeah, but in maybe in like those types of games, it needs to be more majestical or something. <laughs> and so it's like I'm gonna hop on a dragon and I'm gonna sit for a little bit and yeah. fly yeah. around or whatever. Yeah. That's actually one of the, I feel like, uh, barriers to people using VR a lot more, or at least as much as people will sit on an MMO and play World of Warcraft all day long. You just can't do that in most VR experiences. Yeah. I, I think it's actually, I think you can get, I mean, I, I'm just talking about myself here. I don't know yeah. actually about research data, but for me, it got notably better. So I oh, really? started off moderately sick after like a half an hour 45 yeah, minutes you gain yeah. a tolerance um i can get in there for like seven or eight hours now actually Holy so it, if wow. you do it enough i think you build up a tolerance for it i've it heard that i don't think you're alone i've heard that yeah. you can build yeah. up a tolerance i don't know if, if that's you, universal but the thing is you, the, most people, people aren't going to be inclined yeah. to do that unless yeah. you work in it or unless something's really dragging you in yeah, um, that was. I mean, that's what happened with me with the Skyrim stuff yeah. and Lone Echo too. I played I, that game Lone from Echo, beginning Lone to Echo end. Lone Echo actually. actually made me sick, so I didn't finish it. But yeah. maybe I should go back and take my time doing I it. I think that's the thing is like um, everybody's 
it's such a personal yes. thing. Yeah, what yeah. Makes you sick. Very broad um, variety of sensitivity. I, I also worry about that is like when people, if they try one and they get sick, they might think that they can't do it ever. Oh, for they sure. have one bad experience. Yeah. yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I work in VR right now. So like, I feel like I have a pretty high tolerance too. Yeah. Um, uh, there is a game Shadow Point by Coat Sink. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you played I that. I played it, I think. I remember you the name. You told me about this one? Yeah, though, I really you said want I had you really to good play storytelling. <laughs> now, I haven't played it yet, and I was actually afraid you were going to bring this up. But uh, my defense is that I, I didn't think it was on the quest yet. And it's I'm, on the quest, yeah. Oh, it is? Yeah. I think when I – has it always been from when the quest came out? I don't know about from That's when it came out. That's the one that Patrick you, Stewart does the voicing for, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Oh, okay, yes. Okay, I did well, play a moderate amount of it. Yeah. Because I swear I looked it up when because we like moved apartments and then I didn't have the <laughs> rift set up, but then we got the quest shortly afterwards and I looked for what you told me and I didn't find it and I was like, you know, the whole mental model, like, do I set up the rift right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, yeah. I actually <laughs> don't know if it's on the rift, but it's definitely on the quest. Oh, That's really? I played it. Yeah. Okay, maybe I just looked it up wrong or something, but anyways, I'm excited to try it, but sorry. To, yeah. Take well, yeah. I so, really wanted to shout it out because I yeah. really liked that game so much. Yeah, I was definitely enjoying it. Were you, yeah. were you bringing it to do with the sickness part of it? or No, uh, oh. more that like that game is the one where I drained the quest battery constantly. I played it like constantly for three days straight. Wow. I was like, I have to finish this yeah. game. Oh yeah. I was, I felt very pulled into the story. It was good. It's good characters. There's, and yeah. the puzzles are very solvable, but interesting. Yeah. It's, um, it's a game where like a girl's gone missing and essentially like there's all these portals and when you walk through a portal, you're always you but mm-hmm. she is in a different time of her right. life She's progressing yeah. through her life and so <laughs> it's cool because it's non-linear too like mm-hmm. you can enter the portals that in any order really because but it's just a different moment and it's kind of like time traveler's wife if you read that or mm. watch the movie but essentially like she's just getting older but you're popping in and out of her mm-hmm. timeline yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I found I was actually just like so invested in her as a character and I felt her frustrations yeah. and I felt like really like she just she has all these different phases of her life in this mm-hmm. other world. And I thought it was just really well written. Um, yeah, so, I definitely wasn't. I was really enjoying it. I don't think I quite finished it, but I got a pretty long way yeah. through it. Really yeah, it's it's it. a really good, just really good story, and I think that, yeah. yeah, I wanted Kelly to play because I, I know think... I definitely will, and especially now that I know it's on the quest, because <laughs> I just haven't gotten the heart to set up my my rift sensors since mm-hmm. I got the quest. But um, well, it's interesting because like when you were initially talking about. You know, like, I guess it's because it's how I pose the question, which is like, well, if you were not in the industry, like what would bring you in and all of this stuff? But when you were talking about it has to solve a problem, I kept thinking like, but so many experiences that I love, like, don't solve any. I don't think they solve any problems this is what yeah. I'm thinking. Right. Yeah. And and when I think about because it's funny that books came up kind of early on because I actually constantly think about books as a case for. It, it's a lot like VR. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot mm-hmm. of people, VR is very social. It, it, VR is a bizarre thing because it is very social. But sometimes I have these lovely experiences where like late at night, I, you know, put on the headset and have the, a, like an experience. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't even need to be a game. It's kind of more yeah. story driven or something. And it's like, well, that's how we read. It's often yeah. like, you know, late at night and we're doing it on our own. We're not sharing that with somebody. And reading can be super educational, and there are some people who only read, you know, kind of nonfiction educational things. 
but what about like the fiction and the storytelling? And and in my head, I was thinking yeah. like that's not solving a problem. But I guess my argument against myself now is <laughs> the problem that it's solving are like I, I guess I'll call the problem a gap, and the gap is like wonder. Because we mm-hmm. as humans love imagining and we wonder about so many things and we yep. dream about really literally dream and also metaphorically dream about like bizarre, you know, environments and worlds and stories we tell ourselves. And that's like a big basis of, of how we are humans that we were mm-hmm. like a, that we can imagine what could happen or what will. And we just like take that to the next level. And I feel like that VR, at least for me, is it, it takes that wonder and like solves the problem of like creating it around mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. I think it does kind of relate though. I mean, it's hard for me to imagine not being a gamer because I have played games since I was like a toddler practically, yeah, like right. yeah. like my whole life. But I mean, I always end up, I pretty much almost, almost always end up buying every game system and it is because of the content. Like yeah. I don't really care what the specs are mm-hmm. on a console, Yeah, but it's like, like for Nintendo, they have so many amazing IPs that every right. time there's a new Nintendo you have console, because you want access. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, okay, but now they have Pikmin and they have Animal Crossing, and of course they have Mario Kart, and of course they have the new Zelda, and then it just builds up, and you're like, okay, there's now 15 games I must have, so I have to buy it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think that I there's a person where like maybe that doesn't solve a problem, but it brings the value. Yeah, I think um, you know that's definitely a thing too. It like solves that. your FOMO. Yeah. <laughs> it's all about solving the FOMO. Yeah. It's always about that. Yeah. And I mean, it's different for everyone. Like, I always think of my mom, you know, but my mom's like, she's probably not. She was never really in. She doesn't like sitting down watching movies. She's not a game player and that's fine. But she loves the fucking medical world. And so like mm-hmm. that type of stuff is going to draw her in. It just, I think it, it a lot of it for me and one of the reasons we're doing this podcast is like creating something where people can start to have a vocabulary around it because right. I think... um like I was saying with the AR experience of people not understanding that it even is AR, what they're playing with, you know? And I think part of the problem is like, there is a lot of stuff that exists out there that people would want that does solve their problem. But we have this kind of like exclusionary feeling of like, Oh, it, that's a technology. I don't know anything about that. And this distance from it. Um, Kelly and I met not too long ago and yeah. we had actually both independently met, um, met this woman named Yolanda Barton mm-hmm. who um, had started this project. She was working on her, PhD, I think, uh, I believe. And she was doing, she was working on um, a project to specifically like uh, basically document and cr- give you, give people the experience of preserving the music history of the central district in Seattle, which is like a, um, it's an area in Seattle that historically has been a black neighborhood. And it had during the early or mid 1900s, early to mid 1900s, there was a, um, there was amazing like jazz um, history there and it's all being it's all disappearing and so she was very specifically given the the she was I think it was actually a how do you solve a problem with technology and it was a I'm going to go create an experience that does this very specific thing preserves this music music history gives people this experience and those kind of things like both where it actually solves a real community problem yeah. and actually does something that builds yeah. those things mm-hmm. um, that kind of thing the more we can figure out ways that tech VR tech can do that. And not just for like industry or business, because that's a huge thing, right? We know that it's going to do that, but figuring out ways that can also benefit society as a whole communities as a whole, like that's, I feel like that's where like 
that solving a problem part gives it a real presence in communities. And so if we can figure out a way to, to the more we can propose things that do that kind of thing, because I think you can have experiences that don't feel, they're just feel you're, you're just enjoying them or being in them or learning something pretty straightforward. Yeah. But I think things that also do that kind of problem where solve a, solve a problem and that's more explicit like that from a community perspective or a human perspective. You sort of like turned it around to be the other way. It's yeah. like mm-hmm. um, what I was thinking about was like people have to see that this can solve things for them yeah. from like a consumer level but you're thinking about like people that have problems they want to solve in the world. Can use mm-hmm. the technology. And then like here's a new way you can solve it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I love that. So I think that's, I think that'll be like, that kind of thing will be huge. I'm going to be, I'm trying to work with her on that right now. We've been trying to plan it and get more progress on it. Yeah. And she's such a great example. I love that you brought her up because she, I have a quote that I wrote down when talking to her on the phone and I, I can't remember, I'm going to butcher it, but it was basically like this. She totally owned that she has no, like she doesn't know coding. That's not what she does. She wants nothing to do with it. But she has all these ideas and this thing she wants to do. And she's trying to create a team around it and all this. And she had such a great confidence about that, like that she, she's this, you know, yeah, idea just, person and all mm-hmm. this stuff. And she understands and has the experience of like this technology and other technologies in history, it, it enables people to do things mm-hmm. um, that don't necessarily need to know the technology like in and out mm-hmm. or how to manipulate it or whatever. But she's great. at She knows how to have an idea and, and put a team around something mm-hmm. and, and learn from them and, and move forward with solving this problem. Yeah. And so she actually has no – like her experiences, it's exactly what we've been talking about. She's someone who – um, I really have a lot of faith and confidence in what she's going to do, like mm-hmm. for the world and bringing the technology mm-hmm. to the masses, because she definitely doesn't come from some sort of like gaming, coding, anything oh, at background all, yeah. at all. But she's really using it for a very cool. And she's doing that other experience. part of it that we that in the industry we're not particularly great at. Like she's reaching out to the community, yeah, finding the actual connection points, right? She's actually going out and showing it to people, talking to them about it outside of the domain, outside yeah. of the domain, yeah. and actually doing those things. And I think. Those kinds of things where it becomes a really integral part of community and an integral part of people's lives. It's not just about an entertainment thing or not just about a momentary re- like escape or something like that. Where yeah. it's like, oh, this is a thing that actually means something really distinct to me and my community. Yeah. Right. Like those can be – I think those can take it from being something that is for a small group that's using it as a kind of fascination point to something right. that's more mm-hmm. widespread. You're helping whole populations of people versus trying to make something that's just valuable to individuals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I totally – I mean that that's the thing is that there's so many problems to solve and we can't – like people in the industry or like – you brought up on a different episode like calling it an industry is kind of weird because it is just like a platform like it's going to sp- it spans it's all the industries so yeah it can like be tool. used across industries yeah. but yeah like preservation i mean so many people have things that they want to solve and like one of them is probably preservation of something like mm-hmm. the loss of their community or like the loss of like a music scene or whatever it is i mean seattle is going through this you know, has been going through the loss of communities for sure, um, which is what she's. Huge, yeah, so. but like so many people would probably complain about that and want some way of preserving, and maybe literally not even know about like 360 capture or various like capturings that they can right. do yeah. to try and preserve that at least to like show their kids or show their grandkids yep. or just like mm-hmm. put yep. it in the you know in the documents, uh, historical documents or whatever. Yep, that'd, um, be, that'd be a great purpose like thing for overall for us to be able to do. It's just yeah. like, oh, we had this really important structure. 
let's laser scan it and have right. it fully available yeah. for somebody to see in 50 years. Right. Because we know it's not going to last. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So some, that would be a really neat archiving type. Like we're going to archive our experiences in some ways. Yeah. Are there any existing experiences that, that basically take an area or like a part of a city or maybe a particular building and it seems really unlikely that we would actually have all of this on file to create an experience, but basically shows it at a number of different phases in its history. I don't think they've done that yet. I don't know a phase. Because Are one. you setting me up? Oh, <laughs> uh, no. what? Well, would you mean AR or like a- AR could be oh. an example of this where Why? you like Are you lay of Hollow Tour? Or yeah. Something? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I worked on a thing called Hollow Tour for Hollow Lens, oh, and okay. it was it's on Hollow Lens, so it's AR, but it's okay. really more of a VR experience. Yeah. but it was meant to be like a you go to places and um and you can like it'll take like the Pantheon, yeah, and like uh cut it away and show mm-hmm. you what it looks like inside or like it we'd go we take you back in time in the coliseum so you can see oh. how it looked like yeah um and there's like a gladiator fight that yeah. fight plays out and stuff <laughs> and for that my team i didn't get to go but some people okay. on my team got Travel to go to rome and got to oh. go to machu picchu and yeah. they recorded um you know 360 mm. camera footage and it's all in there you know and then we yeah. all updated it to have like the time travel aspects how that, do you get to the back in time travel? Because they didn't capture it then in three seasons. Yeah. <laughs> so there's some recombination happening. Yeah. They did. They, we made a time. <laughs> what? They said they were, you know, Actually, we made uh, a time machine. Totally back in time. Yeah. yeah, it was a Corporate very complex secrets. project. It's a little known, so, little known feature the, the of the whole The was out of control. <laughs> oh. Yeah, no, they captured like real life footage. So it's kind of cool because you go to like these different places in mm-hmm. Rome and there's just like people walking by, like yeah. just like people that just happened to be there that day, <laughs> yeah. um, walking by like the fountain and stuff. Um, but then when they go back in time, it's like uh, we worked with uh, outside company that, um, you know, made things for film, like mm-hmm. just basically specialized in that kind of um, reconstruction. Reconstruction, mm-hmm. and then also we had really talented art team mm-hmm. that. Uh, was really good at like reconstructing. I mean, the there's buildings. the yeah, that's yeah. the thing. We can do that stuff now. We, can, if we right. know what it was. We can simulate it. Build things. Yeah. yeah. Right. So that it still won't be quite the same, but we won't have a perfect replication. But we can make a lot of uh, leaps and assumptions about what those things look like mm-hmm. based off history. And, uh, just to kind of add, because you were asking about yeah. it, like I remember one of the things I did for research on that project mm-hmm. was people make these walking tour audio files. Yeah. So there's no visual component, mm-hmm. but essentially, like you download this 15 minute walking file and mm-hmm. audio file and then um you go to the the place you're supposed to start and they'll <laughs> yeah. tell you the directions to walk uh-huh. and they'll be like look to your left look at this building this building used to be like nice. this thing you get cues of where to yeah and and i thought that was a pretty cool idea mm-hmm. um there's a few in downtown seattle yeah and i'm mm-hmm. sure there's others but like yeah. you can imagine that plus an ar experience yeah yeah um yep. being like really powerful can actually guide you and do all of the yeah yep. kind of like a museum audio yeah. tour but like <laughs> yep. outside but, yeah, yeah like, like you can walk through the environment <laughs> yeah. yeah and and basically like turn the rewind button on on the streets of seattle back yeah. a few mm-hmm. hundred years it's just a it's a crazy time because we were talking to to kira the other day about um the convention or conference that she was at recently vr days Yes, and they focused a lot, like a lot of the panels were talking about sort of preservation and climate change. That was Mm -hmm. a central theme. Mm -hmm. And it got me thinking about the fact that we have these technologies now where we can start to really preserve elements of the environment. 
and freeze them in time. Um, kind of like what was it, Notre Dame that I was uh, talking about that Notre burnt, Dame that burnt down was, recently. Yeah, and she was talking about uh, Venice. Yeah, so like yeah. areas like that that are changing, whether it's because of climate or it's because of gentrification in a part of a city or mm-hmm. some sort of old establishment that's being torn down to be rebuilt to something new. It's like we can basically freeze those things in time and then have a rich experience that years from now we can just kind of turn the clock back on and then go and experience any period in time. So yeah. like we should be doing a lot more of that yeah, with I everything. Mean, I wish I had a 360 capture of the house I grew up in. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Be awesome. <laughs> Should we yeah. end on that? <laughs> oh God, you guys. Oh. Anything else? I mean, we've talked for so fucking long, but like anything else on your guys' minds? I feel like on other podcasts, this is the part where we promote the movie we're in or something. There you so, go. Uh, My, Mike, do you have uh, something? Oh, that's that a good point. Yeah. yeah, I mean, <laughs> talk <laughs> about. <laughs> yeah, nope. do you guys have anything going on? <laughs> Nothing at all. I don't do anything like, at, all. Like a, <laughs> Goodbye. Nothing at all. Goodbye. Mike, do you have like a, a, a music event or dance party you're going to soon? No, I went dancing yeah. last night. It was very fun. Any promotions? Uh, no. <laughs> Shameless no. plugs? No. Don't, don't really have any. I'm like, I'm working on a lot of different volunteer projects. Most of them are local stuff that yeah. I'm oh, enjoying. Okay. And um, my work with Oculus is mostly on Horizon, which is, which is, you know, it's fits into some of the categories of things we've been talking about. And, yeah. yeah. And I'm pretty excited about a lot of those aspects, but um, but no, I think, you know, it was awesome. We got a call out for Blue Cone. We got uh, yeah, out. like, let's yeah. call it out again. <laughs> yeah. Blue Cone Studios. Blue Cone Studios. Uh, we got a call out for... Uh, Tuesday tea. <laughs> <laughs> um, we got a call out for Yolanda, Yolanda's project stuff. Yeah, though. that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I'm hoping yeah, to have yeah. her on. That, that would be awesome. Yeah. I'm going to talk to her about that because I think she'll be in town soon. But yeah. 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 That's cool. Yeah. Um, and you know, other than that, most of them are outside of the VR realm. So I, I, I want to do, actually would really love to do something that's on the environmental side, but I seem to have this limited quantity of time oh, that is yeah. really annoying that's so weird that's an interesting <laughs> so problem I really want to do that some problem. of that yes. yeah, yeah. Um, what about you Miko um, yeah so I currently work at Drifter VR which is a game studio and I can't talk about the game we're making unfortunately <laughs> but I hope that you guys like it when it comes out yeah well um, we might be able to, to depending on when it comes out obviously we'll stay in touch because yeah. we might have plugged it in the intro Ooh. or outro by now. Oh, That'll yeah. be exciting. Yeah, be I can't benefit. wait till it's announced so Definitely. I can tell people about it. Because it's kind of like a mysterious uh, thing. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I stream on Twitch. I do um, game development streams. So if you want to chat with me on Twitter or on Twitch, it's the same name, which is Dr. Mikachu. Nice. Uh, I love that. So <laughs> good. DR Mikachu. So, um, and we have a really fun group of people that basically make things. And yeah, I'd love to hear anyone's thoughts about xr or vr yeah i think and and i would just say i really love that uh mike wanted to talk about promoting creators and more people oh, in yeah. this space so i guess my final word will be like don't give up on xr vr you know like yep, yep. um what if you're hearing like articles are like oh is it over it's is like it? well is it i mean is VR dead? i mean it doesn't have to be like yeah. there's lots and lots of people doing cool stuff and you could even be one of those people that yep. does yeah. something really awesome yeah, so definitely. like it takes time it's harder to make something than to tear it down so yeah. you know lift up other people around you and uh you know make great things yep that's awesome i love that Wonder and i want to plug so a couple good. more things for you which is 
Uh, you did not mention your cooking on Twitch, which is not uh, my I favorite. I think she did briefly oh, earlier. Well, not right now. You did not mention officially. it briefly earlier, but you're like, oh, I do game development on Twitch. And I'm like, who even cares about that? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. The game development is cool. And actually, you do some the really- The cooking is notorious. Yeah. I'm a bad Ooh. cook. And well, so it's, it doesn't happen often when it does. It's a, it's a big thing. Yeah. Oh, it's it's so best funny thing that, that ever. you brought that up. Um, well, well <laughs> okay. So for, for a quick second on the game development side, you also do like really interesting like you, you'll you have like a twitch scenario where you'll like build stories together or do kind of like yeah. narrative experimental narrative where like people can submit like their ideas with where the story is going as and you're doing like the that. twitch stream yeah, yeah. Oh, so we do like we build a, we do we build an interactive fiction with twine sometimes nice. and the story just rolls on and on it's so amazing. it's got a bunch yeah. of wild ideas yeah um yeah. just people come in the chat and they're like I think that there should be a sea turtle character in this karaoke bar, and now there is one. So, you know, that's the kind of thing that it's kind of like an improv writing thing. Yeah, yeah. You kind of have to just roll with it. Yeah, yeah. It feels very much Mm -hmm. like like DMing in D&D games. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. You know, Twitch is known for gaming streams, yep. but there's a lot of other people. And there's yeah. also VR streamers. Yep. Yeah. When we start talking about VR chat, we're winding down, so we won't get into it. But yeah. VR chat. <laughs> uh, it's like a massive streaming world. Oh, yeah, VR, stream, VR chat streams are really fascinating. It's like mm-hmm. watching somebody else in a nightmare. <laughs> I mean, what? it's just like bizarre it's, content. It's kind of chaos and, and everything yeah. is very strange. Um, you can be anything. You can be like a 500-foot dinosaur and like a two-foot or like a two yeah. Yeah. Tall, and then Garfield walks by squirrel. and then <laughs> like, like what is going on? Yeah. Um, so it feels so, very like so, Alice yeah, in Wonderland. Um, kind I, of. I'm friends with a lot of people that do cooking streams, which is why I was kind of <laughs> encouraged to do my own, even yeah. though I'm not good at cooking. I can't <laughs> I would have never I would have um, never really known that. And and it's actually like it's a much uh smaller area of Twitch, but yeah. really a cool area. Mm. It's very like uh warm and inviting, and That's you're awesome. just hanging out with someone in their kitchen. And yeah, um, you know, I'll, I guess I'll do some shout-outs. Tabatai cooking is my friend, and he's amazing and he's a reason why i wanted to stream he mm. he does ramen noodles primarily oh, wow um but he's also so uh, hungry <laughs> i know i know waffles uh, ramen North, noodles. North star is around the corner right from now. here it's a great diner that he has waffles t- and ramen and things like <laughs> yeah, that oh my <laughs> gosh um he also does he just does so many amazing things but he also is one of a, just a huge person for charity on on twitch mm. um even though he's uh kind of a small creator compared to like some people you might have heard of in yeah. Twitch. Um, he just raised $10,000 for St. Jude's. Oh, nice. um, wow. And yeah. so he just is did like a fundraiser. Yeah. So he does. Stream. I mean, I don't know when this is coming out, but he's just huge <laughs> at uh, promoting charity and yeah. through his cooking streams. So awesome. yeah. yeah. And I also like to listen to people play music on streams. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, there's just so many smaller types of sub communities that are yep. really fascinating. Um, I'll do one more plug for you. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I just plugs. have to. Um, so you did a talk at GDC that was um, a, a couple years ago that was uh, called um, Been There, Done That, and you were part of a panel. Mm. Yeah. And you were the first one to speak on it, and it is available, so we will link on it like in our in our website or whatever, um, but... Uh, it, it, because you can't, it's actually not easy to YouTube search because I tried this earlier. Um, so I don't know why. I'll have to figure that out. Anyways, it's all talking about like how Miko got into the game industry. And it's like a very powerful story. And I actually have quotes from it. 
that I wrote on like a little piece of paper and that's oh posted, posted really? on my like um, motivation board by there my desk. Go. Yeah. That's awesome. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And I'm it's like really flattered. Thank you. I, I genuinely mean it. I mean, it was very, it was a very powerful message about overcoming challenges to do something that you felt like, you know, that you, you were hitting a lot of points where you, you could have very easily been turned away. And, and a lot of it also is about how you define your own identity and find your own strengths and how you talk about your own strengths and find ways to talk about that creatively and being honest about what you can do. And I think one of the biggest things from it was like that sometimes you want to be able to say like when you're figuring out your own identity and what your goals are that it's about figuring out what you want to say about yourself and and I think a lot of people want to say something about themselves and and they align that as like a weakness because they mm-hmm. don't have it. Like it's all how we think of it. It's like that that it's a, a gap and it's a weakness and all of that. And so we get really shy. And the way you just phrase that and talk about it is it's all like that is a strength you want to have. And that's amazing that you even know that because mm-hmm. then you can start building your way towards that. And I just think that's a really healthy way to look at it. So. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, so we'll link to that. Thank talk. you. <laughs> I'm really flattered that you brought that up. Thank you. Yeah, you, never, you never know when what you say is going to have that kind of impact. So that's a hundred percent. Yeah, coming full circle. Thank you for like doing the whole like sit for five hours in a small room. Thank you for taking <laughs> in so a much time. Pretty comfy. Don't, don't, don't like, tell them it was five hours. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to be like, "Where's, Where's the, the rest footage? of the content?" Yeah. <laughs> fair point. Fair point. Now we can't cut anything. Yeah. Nice. All right. Thank you very much. It was yeah. an awesome opportunity. Really love getting to do this, and it's just super fun. Too. Really so appreciate it. it. Yeah, yeah thank you for <laughs> so the much. invite, and it's really fun. And I'm excited to see where where the podcast goes next yeah. for sure. Thanks, guys. Let's get yeah. some ramen and waffles. That was quite the epic conversation. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. In length and topics. So. I just want to write love letters to those two guests. They're just, they, they're, they're both amazing humans. The most amazing <laughs> human beings ever. But seriously, Miko, Mike, thanks so much. You guys are the freaking best. We love you both. Yeah, thanks for coming on. So follow Miko at, for starter. So we did talk about her Twitch recently, her yes. Twitch stream every Thursday very at good. 6 p.m. You want to learn about like UX and video game design. Yep. Or cooking. Or cook or bad cooking. <laughs> bad cooking. Genuinely, the last time I watched one of her cooking episodes she, or hooking her hooking episodes. <laughs> oh, wow. She uh she was <laughs> hard <laughs> so it's like that's a very different content <laughs> uh, on the next hooking episode okay, all right. uh, she was cooking a salad like literally taking like lettuce and other things in a like regular a salad. salad yeah like heating one up like oh, <laughs> I don't know anyways if that doesn't get you intrigued I don't know what will <laughs> okay so anyways uh, find her on twitch or twitter 
and Twitter, rather, at Dr. Mikachu. That is D-R-M-I-K-A-C-H-U. And also, we talked about Drifter. Um, That's her current game company, and they're out with their game now that we talked about, which is called Lies Beneath. Jay, do you want to do the the voiceover this time or the the description? I've been waiting for this moment. Oh, my God, I can't wait. Okay. So, Lies Beneath is a single-player survival horror game (laughs) with a heavy dose of action. Something's gone horribly wrong in the sleepy town of Slumber, Alaska. Now, returning college student May must fight to save her father and her sanity from the terrifying townsfolk and creepy creatures infecting her hometown. Coming out on Quest on March 31st and Rift April 14th. Good job. (laughs) You guys can vote for who did a better... Awesome. Reading at www.realityquestpodcast.com. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we'll just post a, a poll on, on Instagram. I think that's far more straightforward. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that's Miko. And what about Mike Hines? So Mike, again, you can follow him or find more and learn more about his amazing work at www.luminousmachine.com. That is luminous, spelled as luminous, and machine.com. Uh, as we said last time, he uh, he's he talks more about the XR industry on Facebook, he said. Mm-hmm. If you want to tr- friend him on there, he's a great friend to have. Uh, and on his other social accounts, he talks about other things. And he's uh, a great community person who... Um, it's great to follow what types of projects he's working on or what he's volunteering for in the community. Or he also is, just to see what yeah. uh, dance thing he's going to. He's he's the most active <laughs> human being. I d- genuinely don't know how he does it. He's like he's, an extreme extrovert. Like he, he just yeah. is constantly every moving, night busy, of the week. It feels things. like yeah. he is out dancing and messaging me at midnight. And I'm like, no, dude, I'm going to bed. Good night. <laughs> so uh, so if you two want to go dance with dance and, uh, the night away with Mike. yeah, dance away with Mike. You can find him on all of those things. Okay. <laughs> uh, now us. So. Go ahead. I think you should take it out this time. Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, How do well, you learn more I, about us? As I mentioned, uh, you could do realityquestpodcast.com. Um, that's where you find out more about us. See what platforms we're on. You can email us. Just say hi. Yeah, we Nobody's love it when people just... This yet. Nobody is just like... Nobody likes to hey email y'all. anymore. How y'all doing? It'd be yeah. nice to just hear We'd love an you. email. Even if it was mean, I'd be like, sweet. We're, we're actually just really lonely yeah. because of the quarantine. Yeah. So shoot us a, shoot us a darned email, all right? <laughs> um, and you can support us on Ko-Fi or Coffee, whatever you want to call it, uh, or Patreon there. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at RealityQuestPodcast and Twitter at Reality underscore Quest. Uh, don't forget to subscri- subscribe and rate us. Please subscribe and <laughs> rate us. <laughs> I can't speak like today. <laughs> <laughs> if you, you should subscribe and make sure to rate us. <laughs> Please do. Yeah, we're always looking uh, for, you know, even if it's, a, again, a bad, I'm like, maybe not if it's a bad rating. But yeah, no, actually, ratings, we want bad ratings. No, we, we, want, do. we want <laughs> we, we want feedback. Well, we want we want positive and negative feedback. We want the critique. We want to know what are we doing well. What are we doing yeah. really terribly? Um, we want the good, the bad, us. and the subscribe ugly. Subscribe and <laughs> subscribe and talk to us. <laughs> Send us an email. God, we're so desperate for friends. 
anyways, that feels like most of the info. Oh, there was something yeah. I wanted to add. Yeah, so you in this, sort of quote in this thing. second part of the episode, Mike brings up Yolanda Barton, mm-hmm. who uh, love her. Hopefully, we'll have her on at some point. Uh, she's uh, the one who was working on a project that's preserving certain areas of Seattle through XR. Right. And actually specifically through uh, exploring the music industry at a certain point in time. Right. And um, we'll link in our show notes. You can find an article on that project as well as uh, she did a lunch and learn at Oculus where she talks about that. And so I highly suggest you go check those out. But you know what? This is so crazy because I just so happened to be recently cleaning up my desk and I am one of those people who writes everything on post-its. I have post-its everywhere. (laughs) Just like random ideas. It's not like, you know, clean at all. And I talked with her on the phone at one point months ago. This is a really long time ago, um, probably before we did this, Mm -hmm. uh, definitely before we did this episode. And I wrote, I actually happened to write down what she said. um, And it was... She goes, just because I can't code doesn't mean I don't have a place. And that was uh, with regards to her working in XR and just being honest about her background. And nevertheless, she was pioneering this idea for XR. And I just love that. I'll repeat it one more time. It says, just because I can't code doesn't mean I don't have a place. And that is something... I know that there's a lot of respect in this industry for people who can code, and I know that... Engineers and developers. Yeah. um, But it's true. Even if it's fine if you're curious, you want to learn and dabble a little bit like I am, and we talked about this a bit in the episode, but it really doesn't mean just because you can't code, it just... it, It doesn't matter we still need all kinds of kinds and all kinds of minds yeah all kinds of kinds. miranda lambert song all kinds of kinds love that song <laughs> uh but all kinds of kinds and all kinds of minds and that she is a perfect example of somebody who has these great ide- really powerful ideas and has her own experience and her own background and she's um, great at driving community around something uh she's more of a business m- mindset mm-hmm. and uh bringing her in to share her ideas and pull a team together around that. It's like, those are the people we need. If everybody could code well, then you're missing really key. Like that's just not how these projects should work. There are certain people who are going to have those skills and certain people who weren't like just in, like when you're creating movies or something, not everybody knows how to do VFX. Like that just wouldn't make any (laughs) sense. It wouldn't make any sense. Uh, So really appreciate that. And um, yeah, I just wanted to bring that up because that was something I found, happened to find as we were doing this. And I I was like, wow, that's very timely. Well, thank you for sticking around for the episodes and thanks for listening to Reality Quest. Next week, uh, two, two weeks, we'll get you for thoughts on thoughts, thoughts on thoughts. Yep. (laughs) Bye, everyone. See you then.